Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Now we go out uh, to the Combine and we bring on our good friend, the Hall of Famer. He is our senior Texans columnist for SportsRadio610.com and GallerySports.com. John McClain is in Indy. John, how's the Combine treating you? Treat me very well. I like to weigh in on some of the stuff you guys were talking about. Number one, it's preposterous to think people need to be here to talk to them for 15 minutes. You're going to have them at lunch. You're going to go to dinner with them at their pro days. You're going to have private workouts where you're going to meet them and talk to them. And then you can bring 30 of them into Houston for a day. So having 15 minutes to talk to a guy here is almost a waste of time. D'Amico Ryan's made that decision. He wanted his staff left back to get to know each other since they're nine holdovers, I believe. And then he has a bunch of new ones. His staff's going to be bigger than the one they had last year. And so every single thing that's done here, except when they go to the bathroom, is taped. And so you can see it all on tape. And uh, and so uh, considering all the time they spend with them after this, on all those things I just mentioned, I don't think 15 is that important. And they reduced the number. I didn't know this because Sergio told us yesterday. It used to be 60 prospects you could talk to for 15 minutes and now and now it's 45. John, it does seem um it seems like there's more media covering the the combine than ever. Does it does it feel a little bit more like a circus in some ways than it used to? It used to be more of like a a, a closed-in cloister of coaches and scouts. One of the things they've done Seth, they have first when I came to in 87 there were seven of us and now there's 1221 media people. And say it's a place like Denver, Sean Payton, who's never spoken at the Combine because the Saints always just blew off the interviews with the media. They're not mandatory. You ask. Texans have always had your coach and GM. We always appreciate that because it's the last time you're going to get to talk to them. The league meetings next month, I'll be there. And then it's right at the draft. And so, yeah, like Denver. So Sean Payton's talking – Every media outlet, I think, in Colorado and Wyoming and surrounding states is here because of Peyton, because he spoke yesterday. He showed up 10 minutes early, caught some of them off guard. He talked for a a long time. And uh, it's more, they told me, the NFL told me, it said, it's not more writers, it's more TV people and more website people from TV and radio stations than they've ever had. And they made a bigger area 
for us to interview people and because they knew it was going to be extra crowded. And then there's a radio row. It's gotten bigger, not to Super Bowl proportions. But when I went to Radio Row yesterday to do a couple of my shows, I was stunned at how much bigger it was than two years ago, which was my last time. And so uh, they've made it where it's easier to navigate and uh, it's it's for the better. And what I like about it, you know, when you're scheduled to be there, you got to be there. But thir- I'm told 13 coaches are not doing interviews with the media. John McClain joining us live from uh, Indianapolis at the NFL Combine. John, is, is Bryce Young's uh, height and weigh-in the most anticipated player measurement that you can remember in Combine history from you going there? Kyler, Kyler Murray's was a big deal, and his well, media can't see that. But, you know, as soon as it's done, it'll be leaked out, and then it'll be posted officially on the NFL's combine website. And yes, everybody's every, I don't think it's just because the Texans need a quarterback and it's, but people are all talking about what he's going to be. And and I'm told by several NFL people, they expect him to be a shade over 5'10 and he looks frail. And I talked to a longtime GM who was at the Super Bowl and he was at a party where he was. And he, he knew he was going to be small, but he didn't know he was going to be that small. It's not short. It's the way he's built. And so um, people people are talking about it. And uh, it's another thing people are talking to me about when I see around the league is, is D'Amico. You know, it's not just a popular decision in Houston, but he made a lot of friends and fans that respected the way he coached. And uh, they're real happy for the Texans. And, of course, they're pulling for him to do well. Uh, the other thing that uh, was talked about a lot yesterday was Nick Casario, you know, stating and and not seeming to care all that much about trading up to number one overall. And, look, usually I think that's, that's what you should expect the GM to say. For me, John, it – the thing was that it was very consistent with things he said in the past about, you know, having a certain group of players that you're comfortable with. And I came away from it, maybe I'm a schmuck and a sucker, feeling like, yeah, I think he probably feels like those guys at the top are all grouped kind of together and whoever they like best at number two, they'll take or, or maybe even trade back. I, I, I wrote it. I've got a column on it. And I, and I, for anybody to think he's leaning toward trading up or taking a defensive player, he's not going to reveal any of that. Give me a break. And there's people, oh, I think after that he's going to trade up or he's going to trade down or he's going to take one of the defensive players. He doesn't know what he's going to do right now. They don't have a clue. They know they need a quarterback. They know they got to get a quarterback. And hopefully they fall in love with two of them. And the only one not throwing you are the top guys is Bryce Young waiting for the March 23rd Pro Day in Tuscaloosa. And guys like Will Levis and, and C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson should light it up in shorts and T-shirts with no pressure, nobody covering the receivers. The only difference for C.J. Stroud, the receivers here, won't be as good as the receivers he had at Ohio State. You know, when you said you hopefully they fall in love with two of them, I thought you were about to say, hopefully they fall in love with Tua. Why? <laughs> 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 but since you went there, kind of. Yeah. Um, 
What about a veteran? Probably not trading for Tua, but any if if they were to even make a stab at trying to bring in a Garoppolo or Derek Carr, you know, maybe like just attempt to, even if they don't come. Do you think that shows their hand, or do you think that might just be a play at a bridge quarterback? I think everything they do is designed for the Bears and for the Colts and the two teams that affect what they want to do. They know they need a quarterback. They they hope this is a last chance they're going to be in this position. Say they sign Garoppolo and they want three more games, and so they win six games next year. All of a sudden, they're picking 10th or 11, and the two top guys, Williams and May, are long gone. If you want a quarterback, you better get him when you have a chance, and this better be the last chance that they're picking second. Yeah, you got that right. John McClain joining us live from Indianapolis. He's at the NFL Combine. Um, John, D'Amico meets with the media at noon Houston time today. Did I hear – we were listening yesterday. Did you get the first question yesterday? Sure. With Nick, yeah. Um, So if you get first question with D'Amico today, can you give us a sneak preview? What's the first question if you get it for D'Amico Ryans today? Sure. I'm going to say, are you going to call defenses? He hasn't said. I'm assuming he is, considering he hired a coordinator who wasn't a coordinator. And so that tells me he is now – if he doesn't, he's he's showing a lot of faith in a guy who was coaching the Cardinals defensive line, and I just think he's going to. And I'm going to ask him another question when we get him off to the side is did he give serious consideration to hiring a former head coach who's been through everything he's going to go through, not just during the week, but especially on game days. And I guess they could still do that. And I don't care how experienced your coordinators, you our guys, but those guys, unless they've been head coaches, it ain't the same. And uh, so those are two questions I want to know. Then we want him to talk about Bobby Slowing since he's going to be switching the running game. And and Casario made mention yesterday about some of the scheme change and players that are adaptable to that. But the uh, thing is, a lot of people are like listening to what they say and think they're getting a hint of what the Texans – may do, and I'd say, yeah, I'd tell you what they're going to do. They're going to stay at two and get a quarterback, or they're going to swap spots and get a quarterback, or they're going to trade down and possibly get a quarterback, and if they trade down, they may trade and get a defensive player, So, or they just stand pat. I guarantee you they're going to do one of those things. <laughs> John, uh, I think you said like four things there. John, I'm going uh, <laughs> to make a prediction right now. I think the one, the one holdover – from the Patriots South mentality is going to be that uh, I don't think the Texans are going to be real forthcoming on exactly who has play calling responsibilities mm. and whatnot. I think that because I actually it's frustrating as a fan and as a media member, but like I actually like the idea behind it. I like not that almost becomes more of a big deal when you have to actually name it or formalize it. I think they like to work their way. I think some coaches like to work guys into that to where maybe it's in situations they get the call plays, but I'm, I'm guessing we never get a straight answer on that. Ooh. Well, Bobby Slowick's calling the plays for the offense. Well, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Well, and then with D'Amico, maybe he'll probably say, well, we haven't worked that out yet, And uh, but I'll be real. If he's standing there with the big chart, holding it up to his mouth when he's talking, that's kind of a giveaway.
Yeah. <laughs> that, that is true. Um, John McClain joining us from Indy. Hey, John, before we get you out of here, are there um, – I mean, obviously everybody's going to be watching the quarterbacks, and I would imagine Texan fans will have a keen eye on Jalen Carter and Will Anderson because they're picking in a range of the draft that they could wind up with one of those guys. Aside from those guys, the quarterbacks and those two big defensive players – and then we know the Texans have the 12th overall pick. Are there any players that you have circled in particular at any position that you're looking forward to watching this week with a Texan slant on that? All the receivers, because they're desperate for another receiver, and they're expecting, hoping, expecting John Mechie, the third, to come back and play in a slot. But after missing a year, you know, there's a good chance he's going to struggle. So they need a big-time wide receiver. Quentin Johns from TCU, his stock is going down for some reason because people are talking about he drops too many passes. Well, if he catches everything thrown here, then maybe people say, okay, he's better than I thought, which all you got to do is watch the game tape. Jordan Addison from USC seems to have moved up to be the number one, and I don't really know why because they haven't played it down since the season ended, but that's one of the interesting things. They say it's one of the deepest, best tight end groups. Texans could use a tight end, but I don't see them taking one with that 12th overall pick. So if they took a quarterback and a wide receiver, nobody's going to complain. And the prospect that I'm writing about, I'm writing about Carter and Anderson is B. John Robinson. People keep saying, oh, man, he's a top-five talent, but he might not go to 20 because he's a running back. They say, oh, man, it's too bad he's not a wide receiver. He'd go in the top ten, but uh, can't wait to see how he does. He's working out. There was a picture of him with his shirt off, and uh, he looked kind of like Sean does right now with his shirt off, kind of like DK Metcalf and A.J. Brown when they had those pictures coming out of Ole Miss. And uh, so there's just so many. I'm not really looking at DBs. I don't think they'll take one in the first or second round. I think the safety linebackers just don't seem to be as important, but they've got to have defensive linemen, and there's a bunch that are supposed to go in the first round, but there's only two that stand apart. John McClain joining us live from uh, Indianapolis. Uh, John, be prepared. We've got B. John Robinson questions for the mailbag today for the Utopia Football Podcast. So uh, I will be talking to you later on today to record and uh, keep up the great work, and we'll keep an eye out for all of your work online at sportsradio610.com and gallerysports.com. Thank you, guys. Have fun at the old ballpark today. We will. Thanks, John. We appreciate that. Good stuff. John McClain joining us live from Indianapolis. D'Amico Ryan's press conference today at noon. That'll be carried live here on Sports Radio 610. All right, let's go back out to the ballpark in the next segment. Adam Spillane, our Astros reporter, he's our feet on the street over at Astros Spring Training at their facility in West Palm Beach. The lineup is out for today, and Spoke caught up with Alex Bregman for a one-on-one. What did Alex Bregman have to say to Adam Spillane? He will join us next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. All right, welcome back in here, Payne and Pendergast, on a Wednesday. Big thanks to John McClain joining us live from the Combine. We head back out now to the Astros facility at West Palm Beach. Players have already been in the clubhouse meeting with the media. Dusty Baker set to meet with the media later this morning. So a lull in the schedule for our Astros reporter here at Sports Radio 610 who has made the trip down here to Florida with us. Thanks to Shoppa's John Deere, uh, Adam Spillane is uh, joining us right now. Spo, it's uh, great to talk to you. Um, you had a chance, I saw, to catch up with Alex Bregman. What was your big takeaway from talking with Breggy for a few minutes? Uh, the big thing for him is he's healthy. And you look at what he did last year. Um, you, know, deal, you know, 2020, he's dealing with the leg stuff. He missed a bunch of time. 2021, same thing. He missed a bunch of time. But last year, he was able to play 155 games. He was totally healthy. He did not have to miss back-to-back games at any point last year. So basically, every day, every day off that every game that he missed was essentially a rest day, and so that allowed him this off season. He didn't have to rehab anything, and so he was able to build on what he did last year. And I think for him, you know, one of the things that was most encouraging was that he got he got better as the season went along. Remember, he kind of got off to a little bit of a slow start. He was, he was struggling right before the All-Star break, and then he really turned it on. He had a big second half, a really good postseason, and it feels like that this is an opportunity for him uh, to get back to the All-Star game. It's been four years since he last played in an All-Star game. Wow. Yeah, you know, and like sometimes these easy narratives, you, 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 you want to shy away from them because it's too easy. But with him, he had, his, he had his son, and Bregman himself would point to the fact that, you know, for a guy that's so obsessive about it, it was probably good for him to actually go home and have his mind completely off of baseball for a while. And then I wonder if this offseason, not having to rehab anything, um, he, was, he was probably maybe able to, to get away from baseball a little bit more too. Does he, does he seem any more refreshed or different in any way than he used to? No, he, he pretty much seems the same as, as he always has. But you know, you, the rehab thing, it's almost like you're starting over. Because when you're dealing with an injury, you're starting over and you're only really focused on what you're rehabbing. So whether it's a leg, I remember he had elbow surgery uh, not too long ago. He had wrist surgery uh, after the 2021 season. So your 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 focus is on rehabbing, and it's not on like working out. You know, working as a player and working on your craft. So this off season has been totally devoted to just working on being a baseball player instead of having to rehab some sort of an injury. And I think that's what has him excited um, just just for this season. Adam Spillane joining us live here in West Palm Beach. Um, Spo, the uh, the Jordan Alvarez hand injury was kind of a thing yesterday. Uh, Dusty Baker citing HIPAA as a reason to not reveal any information, but Dana Brown, the general manager, being uh, far more forthcoming in in his appearance on the broadcast on 
on ESPN. I guess what's your what's your read on this thing with the hand injury and Al, with Alvarez, and how much of a problem do you think this thing is going to be once he gets back on the field? Is this going to be something you think he's going to be dealing with all year long? Yeah, it's really hard to say. And, and Dana Brown put a much better spin on it yesterday than you know Dusty Baker invoking HIPAA. Um, so Dana Brown saying that he thinks that he'll be fine for opening day, I, I think that's important. Um, you just wonder at, at what point is he going to start swinging back? And I, I think they were obviously they were hopeful last year that this whole thing would be cured uh, in the offseason because it's one of those things with the hand. It, you can't just take like two weeks off and then you're fine. No, you needed basically an offseason. And so I think that's what obviously what they were hoping for and the fact that it kind of flared up on him again once he got back here. It's a little bit of an issue, and you do wonder if it's one of those things that will linger. Uh, he was still effective, though. I mean, it's not like he – I mean, he wasn't the same guy uh, as he was dealing with that hand stuff over the course of the year, but he's still really good. But you would like for him to be 100%. And you just, it's just not something that you want to have to worry about day in and day out where, you know, maybe one day he comes in and, and it's just not feeling right. So that's – it is something to watch, and I do think that it's something that it does feel like it is a bit of a concern. Adam Hunter Brown will get the start today, and and I got to confess something. I've I've gotten kind of cocky about Astros pitchers prospects. Same, where they'll come up, they'll yeah. play a little bit in one season, and then their next year, I just figure, well, he's a finished product, good to go. What? Uh, how irrationally optimistic am I about Hunter Brown? Um, I think that the people who are just assuming that he's Justin Verlander reincarnated, I think we'd probably need to pump the, pump the brakes on that one a little bit. I've seen that way too much uh, over the last few months, but he's a really good prospect. And I think everything you heard about him last season, before he got called up, when he got called up, uh, you just got rave reviews. Um, the big thing for him, he's got to throw strikes. That's been a little bit of an issue for him in the past has just been, you know, the pitch count gets up. He, he walks some guys. So that's something that he's going to have to avoid. When we talk about the pitch clock, he hasn't had – he's dealt with the pitch clock in the past, so that's not something that will, keep, that will catch him by surprise. But he's got great stuff. He's got the right mindset. Uh, he was willing last year to do anything they asked him, whether it was, you know, pitch out of the bullpen in the playoffs, whether it was start, pitch out of, any pitch out of the bullpen a little bit in the regular season too. So he has the right approach to everything, and I do think that he's a very exciting prospect for them moving forward. It could be a guy that, that leads their staff for a long time. Uh, Adam Spillane joining us in West Palm Beach out at the Astros Spring Training Facility. Um, what did you think of Luis Garcia? I mean, obviously the, the stat line looked really, really good, but you know, it's, it was about the new pitching motion for him. What did, you, what did you take away from Luis Garcia's performance yesterday? I thought he looked really comfortable, uh, and that, I think, was the big thing that you wondered. Well, okay, well, how's he going to handle this whole new delivery thing? Uh, he even said after the start yesterday that he struggled with it at first. He found out in December he was going to have to change it, uh, so he got into the, essentially the lab, started working on it. It was not easy for him. Uh, he had some struggles, but he found something that he really likes uh, earlier this month, and he's going to go with it. This is not going to be anything that he alters what we saw uh, yesterday is what he's going to do moving forward. And I saw, I think it was Marcus Stroman tweeted something yesterday where he thinks that the new delivery is going to wind up helping Garcia just because there's so much less movement to it. And it's a little easier to basically repeat because that's the big thing with pitchers with, you know, with being effective is that you need to be able to repeat your delivery over and over and over and over and over again. And when you've got all the movement that he had, it makes it a little bit tougher, but you know, with this new delivery, it, it's pretty simple. It's a pretty basic windup. So I think that will wind up helping him. And you look at just what he did yesterday. I mean, the stuff was was legit. I mean, the velocity was up. He was getting swinging strikes. And I don't like to make a big deal 
over what happens in a spring training game. But it's not like he was facing bad hitters. I mean, he was right. facing Mets regulars. And, yep. you know, he, he, struck, he struck out Pete Alonso. Uh, he struck out Tommy Pham. He struck out Mark Canna. Uh, he, he looked really good. I mean, he, the, the Mets are probably the favorite to win the National League, one of them at least with the Dodgers. And he went right through them in two innings. So I think that's a really positive step. Um, Adam Spillane here with us. Uh, he's out at the facility right now. Uh, let me ask you this, Adam. Sean and I keep telling ourselves, like, okay, yeah, you got to remember, spring training, baseball, don't don't make big assumptions or draw big conclusions. But it's it's hard not to, damn it. Like, I'm pretty convinced Luis <laughs> I Garcia. I tell myself not to, and I do it all I've seen time. Luis Garcia for two innings uh, face seven, batter, uh, yeah. seven batters. Yeah, yeah. Cy Young uh, for sure. I, I guess, but if you're not supposed to draw any conclusions – how much are we really going to learn about Chaz McCormick versus Jake Myers, or is this just something that's going to spill over into the regular season? They're going to see how it goes. Yeah, I think it's one of those things that spills over into the regular season. Um, I don't think that one of them is going to wind up playing 150 games. I think that you'll see them you know, split a good portion of their time uh, in center field, and uh, they do have the ability to move over and play the corners. And I think that both will be playing a lot, especially as – you know, we wait and see uh, about Michael Brantley's availability uh, at the start of the season. We wait and see on Jordan Alvarez's uh, availability at the start of the season. So both are likely, I would imagine, both will be on the opening day roster. McCormick, 100%. I would think that Myers is probably like 99% going to make the uh, the opening day roster. And then you just you, you put them out on the field and you see who performs and you see who doesn't. And then that's how you, you hand out playing time moving forward. Adam Spillane joining us. Spo, uh, we'll see you back here at the... Uh... The spring training casa, come get us so we can come out to the game there with you a little later on today. I'll see you soon. Okay, thanks. Adam Spillane joining us here. Very workmanlike. I'll see you soon. This is uh, the coconut death house. Yeah, according to me. Sean's terrified of the coconut trees because he never realized that coconuts are A, heavy, and that B, they fall from trees. I I didn't realize that they fall so randomly. That is true. Yeah. Yeah, No, I do feel like this, and I don't know, maybe this happened, but our boss, Parker, booked booked this Airbnb. I need to know, was there a warning about the coconuts? Parker shaking his head. There was no (laughs) warning about the coconuts. I have a bit of an issue with that. You thought that people shimmied up trees and cut them down with machetes. I thought they took big pieces of bamboo and and knocked them down like a pinata. And that if not for that, they would never fall to the earth. Correct. Well, I just just didn't think they would randomly fall in the front yard of a place I'm staying at. You know what's funny, though? It is. I remember being like that. That, Honestly, there should be a warning for that on the Airbnb. Yeah, I guess so. I don't like. A, do you need a warning when you walk past the? I guess they do it with rocks, huh? Like warning. Falling, falling rocks. rocks. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe you're. This right, I then. promise. If I had gotten hit with a coconut and yeah. gotten my skull fractured, yeah. guess what? There would be on every single future rental advertisement for this house a warning about falling coconuts. I don't think there would be because it's not like nobody's ever had a coconut. Well, I just fall don't on think them. you value my it's life like, at all. <laughs> no, but I could see the same. The first time I saw an orange tree. You know, when I was like 12, I thought it was pretty cool. I was like, oh, wow. You mean like you can actually, if somebody had an orange tree in their backyard yeah. in Florida, yeah. I was like, you can just go out there and pick an orange? Yeah. Like it was some kind of magical, uh, wondrous. I feel like there's a disconnect between me and you on this. You, you're acting like I don't know the coconuts, like, like what the, like the gravity exists for these coconuts. I'm yeah. merely pointing out my fear that I'm going to forget that they do fall from trees and it's, one's going to land on my head. Yeah. That's all. Yeah. That's I, all. I don't think, I, I think you're under. Underestimating yourself. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs>
Self-deprecation it's is like the I key. always worry. I've got, there's a chainsaw in the garage, and sometimes I worry that I'm going to start it up and saw my dude, leg out dude, without realizing There's a reason it. I don't handle any of that stuff. It is true. <laughs> um, all right. Do you think that um, the big question, we're going to this game today, do you think that the same beer vendor who turned oh, into an oh, earworm for what you? What the hell? That's my coconut. <laughs> this is. trip. Okay. So Monday out at the ballpark, there is this beer vendor who's really annoying, and he says, really, really, really cold beer. Cold beer. Really, 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 really cold beer. Yeah. And all he says the same thing over and over yeah. and over it's very again. very annoying, yeah. It's the most annoying beer vendor I've ever heard. Yeah. And, like, some of them are pretty annoying, but this guy, so, we're like, all right, so I'll have to deal with that again on Wednesday. Yesterday, we're up at the Mets ballpark. Same damn guy. An hour north of here. Same yeah. damn guy. Yeah. Does he work? Like, how is that where I guess it's the same company probably Probably, and there's no game at West Palm Beach yesterday, Oh, obviously. my gosh. Yeah. I hear, we're, I'm up there. We're up there in the Mets press box a little bit higher above the concourse than the Astros, yeah. and... Sean's like looking at baseball stuff, but I've got my ears perked. I'm like, Sean, it's that guy. It's I'm like, my no coconut. Way. We're yeah. an hour north of here. Runner, 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 hold yeah, that's exactly what he sounds runner, like. Runner. And he sounds like Ross Tucker. That's what annoys me <laughs> about it. does sound like it. Ross like, Tucker. Really, really, really cold beer. <laughs> he said. I've got to tell you guys. This beer is the coldest beer I've ever had. <laughs> what are people saying about Lovey Smith? Really, really, really cold beer. Can you guys explain to me how cold this beer is? So do you think that guy will be there today? I'm guessing he will be. Hey, probably. You wanted me to go down and film him, but I don't feel like I need I don't need to out I just wanted guy. you to go talk to him. Most of like, the people I've talked to that work at these facilities are like they're retirees that get to work spring training for a month or so and it's uh it's fun for them. But you, you know? can act for like ten seconds like you actually like the guy's shtick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> hey man, we were listening to you up there. Really love can I can I film you for a second here? Can I interview you? I'll get the audio yeah. and we'll play the audio, yeah, but I, I won't put his face on there. Okay, yeah. okay, good enough. It is annoying, man. It is really annoying. But it's a price worth paying to go to spring training games. Yes, everybody listening, I understand that if we play it on air that you won't get the video. It's just like that that ad that used to play, remember, for that one thing, it was... um, it was a blind person. He said, you can't see me because uh, I'm on the radio, and I can't see you because I'm blind. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy doesn't know how radio works at all. <laughs> I hate He's to, really blind. I hate to, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, even if you weren't blind, man, we wouldn't be able to I see you. I hate to pick on you. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> Payne and Pendergast with you. We are live talking about the important topics at spring training, of course. Uh, here in uh, West Palm Beach. Thanks to Shoppers John Deere for bringing us down here in Academy Sports and Outdoors as well. Back to the combine. Nick Casario said something yesterday that will have people connecting dots about the Houston Texans and a particular quarterback, and we'll have a scouting report on that quarterback next. Shoppers John Deere presents live from West Palm Beach for the start of spring baseball. Thanks to Academy Sports and Outdoors, it's Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Okay, this is a pretty funny text. 1057. Sean, do you not watch cartoons? (laughs) (laughs) I said that earlier, too. You did? Yeah. That was. uh... I didn't hear hear you say it. That's funny. That is funny. It's like if you watch Roadrunner, yeah. you know that you know that bad stuff can happen. And likewise, yeah, there've been there've been a lot of cartoon examples lot of, of coconuts. A lot of coconuts in cartoons. That's yeah. true, and they all survive. So I shouldn't be too afraid. You know, I was just feeling the coconut.
coconut that you brought in yeah. that you harvested yeah. off the ground. Yep. It's yeah. not that heavy. It would hurt. But I would bet get, yeah, would getting hurt. hit in the face by a baseball would be way would worse than getting hit in the head by a coconut. <laughs> I don't think either are desirable. No. <laughs> they would both suck. All right. Um, Nick Casario met with the media yesterday and um, mentioned a particular team and quarterback when he was asked about the quarterback position. Here's what the Texans GM had to say. I mean, I think there's a number of players that can help different teams. Um, they come in different shapes and sizes. So I think in the end, you got to decide, like, what's important? What do you prioritize? I'm not going to tell you what that is, but what's important to you and how you build a team? I think when you look at what Philly did, I mean, there's a good example of how Shane and Nick kind of built their team, built an offense around what Jalen did well. So really what you want to do with every player on your team is what do they do well? What are the things that we can give them to do well and give them the best opportunity to do that? So really that's the focus. It's not one size fits all. So you have to figure out what, what do you value, what's most important, and then build your team accordingly. And then give that player the opportunity to go out there and perform. And don't ask him to do something that, quite frankly, he doesn't do well. That's the second time he's brought up Jalen Hurts and the Eagles, Seth. He yeah. brought it up with us. When we interviewed him back, I, I, can't, I was trying to look for the audio during the break. I couldn't remember if it was the we've, – we've had Nick on the show twice since the end of the season. One was the, 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 a couple days after the postseason Lovey Got Fired press conference. Yeah. And then in early January – and then the next time was the, literally the day after the D'Amico Ryan's introductory press conference. My guess is it was probably more. My guess is it was probably in the press conference after D'Amico because that's a more relevant topic once you've hired a head coach. At any rate, he said kind of the same thing to us too in talking about traits with quarterbacks and and the sort of the tangent he went on directly had to do with Shane Steichen and the Eagles and, and uh, Nick Sirianni constructing an offense for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So this is now two times, once on our show and now once in front of a national audience at the Combine, that he's brought up Jalen Hurts, who is a very specific type of quarterback. Yeah. With a very specific type of offense. Well, if you're... Um, so what are the dots? Well, I mean, well, okay, so Jalen Hurts was limited as a passer, but, you know, could run very, very well. Like personality traits off the charts in terms of being the right kind of guy. And I think that I, this is the part that intrigues me is that I think there's more and more of a feeling these days in the NFL that they can work on guys' passing ability and improve it more than was previously thought possible. So if you look at Josh Allen, Dak Prescott, yeah. Jalen Hurts, these are guys who have either improved their accuracy, improved their pocket passing, um, various things that people used to think that was, ah, you're either a good passer or you're not. Um, so I think that, and, and then I think if you look at D'Amico's background and just what they were able to do this year with Brock Purdy, who was a, you know, you know, had fine characteristics and was kind of evenly balanced, but was just a late round draft pick. Now he didn't do anything spectacularly well. He was athletic enough, could throw well enough, just wasn't um, wasn't good enough to be thought of as a highly draftable guy. I think that both D'Amico and, and Casario probably value athleticism maybe more than they would have ten years ago, and and can see that okay with the RPOs, and if a guy shows an a, like an upside in passing that it's worth taking a guy maybe that you wouldn't have taken earlier on lately and just try to develop the passing as you go, but they can use their legs and, you know, the throwing ability they do have to get them by in the first couple of years. Yeah. Um, so if we're connecting the dots, 
this would point to people in Indianapolis. If they were to, if they were to sink their teeth into that quote, yeah. this maybe opens the door for an Anthony, Anthony Richardson. Anthony Richardson, I think, yeah. I, and I wonder... Quarterback out of Florida, for those who don't know. Who, uh, you know, I think is getting a lot of buzz now. And I think it's because there's something that Dan Orlovsky said yesterday when he was on the Pat McAfee show that I think put it in a little bit different perspective. And it's something that people are missing. Um, because I think people people knew that Richardson had upside, but that he was very raw, but they didn't know quite what to make of it. Orlovsky touches on something right here about the actual team he was playing on at Florida. I, I called the Utah game, like I said, and I was like, yeah, this, he's top 10 talent. His talent is off the charts. And I know people sit there and go, well, look at him as a pocket passer. Not trying to be disrespectful, but go watch what he was throwing to at Florida last year. They didn't have guys on the outside. Dude, their talent on offense on the perimeter was so subpar. I think he's super naturally talented, great dude, works his tail off, super smart. Telling you, man, like, now is he ready to play? No. But he has got superstar potential talent-wise. Well, and I think, too, and for one, I think when he said supernaturally, like super naturally like he's uh, two very separate natural words. yeah yeah not like he has esp not like poltergeist or he can levitate right. objects or anything <laughs> right. which would be awesome if Dude, he did then they should trade up to get him <laughs> <laughs> if he's supernatural how can he couldn't elevate those he can levitate Mahomes up and out of the stadium <laughs> how good he couldn't how couldn't he levitate those uh those inadequate wide receivers up 10 feet in the air <laughs> he's holding so he show to him yeah. uh, but i but i wonder too where okay I would go one further than Orlovsky and say, all right, if, you know, if he's trying to play in the SEC East, uh, with inadequate receivers, what, like, do we really know exactly how raw he is as a pocket passer? There's some things that you can tell where he is raw, but also that obviously when you've got guys getting open earlier in downs, it's a lot easier to trust your ability to, to stay in the pocket Absolutely. or to be calm and present in the pocket. Um, but I think as far as like some things, some of the clips that people have shown that point to his poise in the pocket doesn't quite look like poise to me. It looks like a willingness. Um, the poise is like staying very calm and making minimal movements. Uh, you know, Bryce, Bryce Young shows a lot of that despite being very undersized. He shows a lot of poise in the pocket. When Richardson does it, he shows a willingness, which is very important because some of the guys aren't even willing to. Um, but he just hasn't had the reps to have the poise. But I, I do wonder if maybe maybe he will be ready sooner than even Orlovsky feels if he actually has guys who are getting open. Yeah, I, this will be interesting, man. I, I, I'm starting to talk myself into Richardson if that's the guy a little bit. I yeah. still don't think I, – I still think it's going to be Young or Stroud. I, p- people ask me – when I go on shows outside of Houston, my pat answer since the end of the season was, okay, who do you think the Texans want? They're, they're picking second. You know, the Combine's coming up. There's yeah. still a lot of time. Who do you think they wind up? My answer is still Bryce Young. I still think Bryce Young is, is going to be a Texan, whether it's they give up a little bit to move up or whether it's that everybody is playing this game of this game of chicken and it just winds up with everybody still picking one through four in the same order that they're yeah, in right now. Yeah. I still think Bryce Young ends up a Houston Texan. What do you think in his heart of hearts Ursay actually wants to do? I think that what was Ursay? I think he wants to do something splashy. I think he I definitely think he wants to come away with a young quarterback for yeah. sure. I like if I'm more I'm more confident that Indianapolis comes away with a quarterback in this draft than I am the Texans come away with a quarterback in this draft. You think well he cuz he 
just does not want to stick with a veteran quarterback any longer. There, I think he's imagine. done with that. I think if, I, I think the, and of all of them, I think the one that did him in Ursay yeah. as far as the, well Andrew Luck because I think that I think that gutted him Andrew Luck retiring because yeah. he thought he had his Peyton Manning for the next ten years. I don't think he fault, excuse me faults Andrew Luck. And then they had Brissett, who's just a holdover. I think Philip Rivers was what he was. I think the Carson Wentz thing is the thing that gutted Jim Ursay. Well, and and especially I think when he's talking to Shane Steichen. And, you know, having maybe to convince Shane Steichen to take the job, too. Steichen wants to know, am I going to get one of these guys? For sure. Uh, presumably. And uh, didn't you say that McAfee said something about this? Like, he, what, what, or say, what he figured or say it's Oh, said I've got, yeah. Right? I've, I've, you know what? You want to do that in the next segment? Yeah, I don't have the do audio that. stacked okay. up. Yeah, yeah. We know we can, we can hit that because that, that speaks to trading up because I think there's conjecture out there about the Texans yeah, trading up McAfee, number one. McAfee, who played for the Colts, uh, has a theory for for why Jim Ursay said what he said about the Alabama kid Bryce Young he playing pretty well. Yeah, Don't well, tell me yet. I, I want to hear it. I haven't I'm heard the audio yet. Definitely not going to tell okay. you. Yeah, because that, that would be telling the audience also, okay. so I don't want to hijack the tease. But we'll, yeah, we'll, have that, we'll have that in the next segment. Okay. Um, but as far as the um, as as far as as Richardson goes, I'm I'm starting to get a little bit excited about Richardson. I'm excited enough to really be looking forward to watching him throw the football this week. Right now, he is most often mocked to the Carolina Panthers at number nine. Do you have overall. that database open on your computer? I will right in there? just one second. Okay. Um, because uh, it, when I guess the notable thing there is obviously the Texans right now are at number one and. Uh, excuse me, number two and number 12. So do you think it would be most likely that the Texans would trade back and draft Anthony Richardson, stay pat and draft Anthony Richardson at number two, or like try to move up from number 12? I think that I think if the Texans are drafting Anthony Richardson, yeah. it means that Richardson has turned into a just a Phoenix rising, you know what I yeah. mean? Like he's knocked it out of the ballpark with, with, the, with the whole draft process and that they just take him at two and they don't mess around. Right now, most often, Bryce Young is mocked to the Texans 51% of the time. Yep, yep. Uh, C.J. Stroud is a heavy mock to the Colts. Now yep. these are when, when it's getting trickier and tougher because now with the trades, you know, there's going to yeah, be trades at trades. some point. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but... The uh, where's what's his face there? Will Levis. Will Levis goes to the Raiders. That's seven. seven. You know who uh, McDaniel spoke and talked about how like <laughs> the picture I saw. He was smirking, and I just assume he was saying every. I assume he says everything with a smirk. Uh, but he said that yeah, yeah, we're gonna add some quarterbacks. So <laughs> obviously, <laughs> you know, yeah, you've got no, no plan you right now. The guy that replaced Derek Carr is a is a free, free agent. Yeah, Jared yeah. Stidham. Yeah, but Jared Stidham's another one. I wonder if the Texans have any interest in him. Casario was there when the Patriots drafted. Him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now that Stidham might be an interesting one. The, the Texans, boy, as a bridge quarterback, but with upside, Sidham might Still make a young. lot of sense. And Sidham might look at it like, all right, I know I'm not going to have the perfect situation where I can go in and compete for a starting job, but I, maybe I'll roll the dice and see what happens with the Texans in a draft pick. And, and maybe they feel like if it's Anthony Richardson especially, the Texans might say, hey, look, it's between you and Davis Mills. We're going to start the season off with a veteran. At some point, Anthony Richardson, we might feel is ready, but we're gonna you'll you'll have a chance to would you to feel, be the actual starter. How would you feel about a QB room that was Jared Stidham, Davis Mills, and Anthony Richardson? My biggest concern would be okay. 
Like what? Are, what's Anthony Richardson going to learn about from these two guys about like utilizing all of Anthony Richardson's skill sets? Uh, you know, like you're not going to be running the same level of RPO and no. zone read and everything. Yeah, yeah that, yeah, that you can't. So I guess I almost like I, I wish I wish there were a younger Tyrod Taylor perhaps available where you could come in and do a lot of the. A, a lot of the same plays you'll be running with Anthony Richardson. Because yeah. that's a big part of it. You know, with Malik Willis, one of the issues and the problems with why he didn't win a starting job at Auburn, it didn't. he wasn't even on the passing side of things. It was making those really quick decisions in the RPO game. So like, even as a running quarterback, he wasn't as adept as other guys at making those decisions. So I, I feel like Richardson being able to sit and watch somebody like Tyrod Taylor do that stuff at, at a pro level, at a higher level, would probably help him a lot, and he's not going to get that out of Davis Mills. All right, Seth alluded to it. Um, Daniel Jeremiah was on the Pat McAfee show, and Pat McAfee kind of revealed what he thought was going on in that press conference where Jim Irsay, it looked like he was showing his cards about wanting Bryce Young. And what should, according to Jeremiah, the fear level be for Texan fans that the Colts are going to move up and snag the Alabama quarterback? We'll have that for you next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 